Hi there. You are listening to a message recorded by High Point Life. To listen to more messages and to find out more about our church, head over to our website at highpointlife.com. Good morning everyone. Uh, it is really a privilege of mine to be here. Thank you so much, Pastor Stephen and uh, Auntie Flora, uh, for having me. It always is a privilege to share the Word of God. Okay, so hi, I'm Terry Yao, and I just turned 40 this year. Uh, I know, I don't look it. I look more like I'm 50. Uh, but uh, I, 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 and I came to Christ when I was very, very much later in my teenage years, uh, when I was 17. Uh, so it's been 23 years now that I've uh, become a Christian and in my early years, I, I was searching for significance. I was this really insecure, in, like, I felt like I always had to strive for significance growing up as a child. Um, and in school, in secondary school, I went to this school uh, called La Salle PJ. I saw you smiling because you know what La Salle is known for. Gangsterism, that's right. Uh, at least in PJ, la, I don't know about Klang. Okay, but I have friends from LaSalle Klang who also <laughs> joined me in my stuff. So I, joined, I, joined, I did stuff like join gangs, I got into alcoholism, I got into bullying. Uh, bullying teachers as well was one of our main things. Um, and I did all of those things because I thought that would give me significance. Uh, and instead, it made the void in my life and in my heart much, much bigger. And the day that I came to Christ, I remember it clearly, it was actually during worship. I was forced to go to church for my third sister because I got kicked out of the gang. Long story, I'm not going to go into that. And I was depressed, I was upset, I, was, I hated life. And my third sister saw it, she, she used to go to church. And one morning she woke me up at 7.30 and she's like, you're coming to church with me. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to church, I hate Christians. They are so fake. They are all these hypocrites, all that. I used to tell her all these things. And I just went back to sleep and she took a bucket of water. Now, parents, if you want to learn how to wake up your child, take a bucket of water, but don't splash it on them because it's a waste of water. Because you splash one time, no more. So what she did was she dipped her fingers and she started doing this to me. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Eventually I did. She forced me to church and I went to church and when I entered church, they announced that there was this youth service. So I thought, okay, why not? And I went in there with the intention of being a, a difficult person. So as I entered the hall, imagine the usher, Pastor Stephen, your ushers, right? Lovely ushers this morning. Hi, good morning, welcome to youth. And I would tell them, shut up. And they were like, huh? <laughs> Who is this boy? And our youth group was maybe like about 15 or 16 of them. I remember sitting down during worship. Everyone was standing up. I sat down. I was like, I'm going to make it difficult. And you're using this ancient thing called an OHP. For those of you who don't know, okay? <laughs> what do you have to write in case called correction, yeah? OHP. And the worship leader was singing with a guitar that was out of tune. And I remember looking at the screen and the words of the song, the pre-chorus went, there is peace, there is love, there is joy. You guys remember that song? You guys know that song? Every time she sang, there is peace, I'll be sitting there with my arms folded. And that word peace came out from the screen and was floating towards me 
and he entered me. I was freaking out, guys. I'm like, why in the world is going on? And there is love. And then what love would be coming out? It was entering me. And there is joy. Same thing would happen. And when that happened to me, I freaked out. Because I had no idea what was going on. So I ran to the toilet. And in the toilet, I started bawling my eyes out. But it wasn't a fearful kind of cry. I remember it very clearly. It was a sense of love and grace and joy all within me. Something that, well, I could only feel for a short moment after I had done those things, like drink alcohol or beat up on someone, bully someone. But this was different. And you know what I did? I wiped my tears and I was like, I'm not going to be like one of these Christians, full of emotions. So stubborn, right? Thank God for my parents, their patience. But anyway, I, I washed my face and I, I gathered myself and I went back outside. And the pastor, I remember he opened his Bible and he opened his Bible and he looked at his notes and then he closed it after a while. He's like, no, the Lord wants me to share something else today. And he shared his story of how he was searching for significance, how he tried to fill a void in his heart that just kept getting bigger until the day that he received Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior, that void was filled forever. Do you know when he said that, I stood up immediately. I was such an awkward kid. <laughs> I stood up, I was like, I want this Jesus. And he was like, okay, uh, all right, uh, come. <laughs> This was during service. And I said the sinner's prayer and I bawled my eyes out. I was filled. That void was filled forever. It's been 23 years. I've gone through a lot of hardships, a lot of ups and downs, but I've never felt that I needed to fill that void of insignificance and who I was in Him. 23 years. When I became a Christian in 17... Uh, I remember he also had unlocked certain things in my life. Now, I've always loved performance. I love stage performances. I love musicals. I love singing. I love performing. Right? Uh, I grew up with three older sisters, so I was alone a lot. <laughs> so I used to, 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 to imagine like I was in a movie. I used to imagine that I was in a play all the time. The only thing is my mom had stopped me from doing that because very traditional Chinese family. So I was the only son. And there's a saying in Cantonese, that, oh, that means the son is very precious. The son must be successful. And during that time, being a musician and being a performer wasn't a symbol of success. Right? So my mom had kind of suppressed that from me growing up. But it was always within me. So when, but when, it, when I became a Christian, the Lord like unlocked that portion where music was something that I could get a part of. Uh, I was trained by um, many, many like youth leaders that were there. They were like, hey, you play the guitar, come play lah. I was like, oh, okay. Um, and from there, the Lord had unlocked certain things within my life and He had opened doors. He introduced me, I mean, He brought into my life people like Juita, brought into my life people like, I'm sure you know, Andy Yo, Liang, or the Clang legends, okay. Um, and, and from there, uh, I was... I managed to, you know, he gave me the opportunity to serve him and serve his body in the area of music and worship. 
So there are two things in my life that I am most passionate about, which is young people, because I believe that if only I had a mentor or if only I had an older person when I was 13 and 14 to tell me, Terry, why are you making these decisions? Why are you doing this? If only I, I had somebody to reach out to say, hey, uh, I got asked to join a gang. And I wish somebody would have just stopped me and said, this is not you. Um, so I'm very passionate about that, about building into the next generation. And the second thing is, of course, music and worship, as I mentioned just now. This is what I do, all right? I, uh, I have been working full-time in DUMC, which stands for Damansara Utama Methodist Church. Some people will call it the unusual Methodist Church. Uh, I like to call it, don't underestimate my church. Um, and I, it's almost 10 years now that I've been working in the UMC. And I, together with another pastor, we lead the youth ministry called NextGen. Um, and of course, as I mentioned just now, these guys working with young people, it brings me greatest joy and greatest pain. I have a friend recently, primary, uh, secondary school friend, I caught up with him and he's like, hey bro, you are 40 lah. Why are you still the youth pastor? And my straight answer is, well, the Lord hasn't called me out yet. The passion in my heart is still there. And the perks of being a youth pastor is you get to look young and look old at the same time. Um, and, and so I absolutely love these guys. This is what I do day in, day out. I live for this. Um, uh, I'm a husband to one wife. Her name is Rose. Uh, she's as beautiful as the name suggests. Uh, but when she's angry, I assure you, the thorns will come out. Uh, and we, together we have three kids, all right? Uh, Louisa, who's my oldest girl, she's six. Uh, she loves everything pink and princess and frozen. Even frozen yogurt that is in a cup of frozen, if you know what I mean. And my son, Owen, who's four, he is the typical boy-boy. If there's something to be climbed, he will climb it. And as you can see, he's doing an impression of his favorite dinosaur, uh, 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 I, I don't even know, Ankylosaurus or something like that. He knows dinosaurs like crazy. And our youngest girl, who is two, turning two in December, her name is Lindsay. She is the feistiest of the lot. This morning, she jumped on me, because we all sleep in the same room. She jumped on me. And she forced me to wake up and I looked at my watch. It was 5.30 a.m. You know how she woke me up? She jumped at me and she started singing, Daddy finger, daddy finger, where? <laughs> and this is who I am. You know, I'm really blessed to have a wonderful wife uh, who supports me in ministry. And she was a youth pastor as well in the church that we were in. Uh, but of course, she's working out in the marketplace now. And uh, we are so blessed to have these three kids. And every single day, they are teaching us more and more of what it means to uh, be followers of Christ and leading, discipling them to be followers of Christ as well. As we talk about exuberant worship, now exuberance is the quality of being full of energy. Exuberance is the quality of being excited and filled with cheerfulness. That's the definition of the word. Now, as I mentioned, worship has always been a big part of my life and especially how I've 
learn to approach and encounter God in times of worship and prayer. I would like to share with us today on how, first and foremost, we approach God's presence in worship and adoration of, of Him. You know, we, we can approach God in confidence, not arrogance. We have to first and foremost realize that how we approach God in His presence in worship is of confidence. It's very different when we approach Him with arrogance. God, I don't like this song. I'm not going to worship you. Lord, this message of this song, I don't like it. I want to sing a song that I, I think is right about you. That's approaching with arrogance, meaning you demand something. But as we approach His presence, it has to be in reverence of Him. Confidence, yes, because He's already, the work on the cross has allowed us to do that. But how we approach is the first thing that we do. And that can help build our faith to overcome all seasons in our lives. Now I'll be reading from uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 18 to 22. Uh, and this is something that... that um, we do in DUMC. So if Pastor Stephen, if you don't mind, I would like to uh, ask us to also do the same. If we could stand up and read scripture together. Uh, so if I could invite you to stand, you can see the scriptures on the screen. We'll be reading from Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 18 to 22, on the count of three, one, two, three. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Kohathites and Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. They left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in His prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise Him for the splendor of His holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord for His love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Sire who were invading Judah and they were defeated. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge Your presence here today in this place. Come and take over. Lord, I pray, Lord, for every heart in here. Lord, may they be open to receive your word. And Lord, I pray, Lord, um, above every point or story that I share, God, may they hear your word first and foremost. So minister to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may grab your seats. Thank you. The big idea that I have for us today is this. There is a connection between physical obedience and spiritual release. Now, let me just shed some background and context of what we just read uh, just now. And I, I will be reading mostly from Second Chronicles uh, chapter 20. I will be reading from verse 1 to verse 30, okay? But those are the main verses that you just read just now. But just for context, I want to read the, uh, the first 30 verses. Now, Jehoshaphat, all right, which is uh, the king at that point in Judah, he took over from his father Asa uh, at the age of 35, 
Now he reigned for 25 years. Now one of, his, one of Jehoshaphat's key traits uh, is in his zeal in suppressing idolatrous worship or pagan worship happening rampantly in that area at that era. Now let's get back to what we just read in this story. Uh, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and Munites came together to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Now there was a vast army coming to attack them, so vast that surely the nation of Israel would be crushed. So as we read this, that's, you know, in verse 1 onwards. So some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Hazizon Tamar. Alarmed, in verse 3, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Now, the key point that I want to note here in verse 3 is Jehoshaphat's first response upon hearing this. His first response was, and reaction to the news was to inquire of the Lord. And then he proclaimed the fast. And after that, he gathered everyone to come together to seek the Lord. Now, Jehoshaphat starts after this by acknowledging who God is and what God has done and finally declare that they will not give up but stand by the Lord because it is He that will save them. And this is found in verse 9. I mean, you can go ahead and read this on your own. Now, at the end of verse 12, uh, Jehoshaphat says this, our God, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do but our eyes are on you. I want you to focus on this word here. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. The faith of this man is absolutely astounding. How many of us, me included, would react so differently if we were in his situation? How many of us would first thing that we do is to inquire of the Lord when we are faced with a situation in our lives where it seems to be a dead end. But Jehoshaphat says, no, Lord, we have no idea what to do. I have no idea how to get my nation out of this. But our eyes will remain solely on you. Let's carry on. The Spirit of the Lord came on Jehoshaphat and it says that for the battle is not yours, but God's. This is found in verse 15. He said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all of you who live here in Judah, in Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Verse 16, Tomorrow march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Now, verse 18, Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. 19, then some Levites from the Kohathites and Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Verse 21, they sang to the Lord and praised Him. Give thanks to the Lord for His love endures forever. Now as they sang, the Lord ambushed the men who were invading Judah. Verse 28, 
after the victory, they went back to Jerusalem, went into the temples, still playing and worshipping with their harps, lyres, and trumpets. You guys, do you guys know what won the battle for them? Worship. Praise. Playing their instruments. Isn't it crazy? I mean, I, I love... Now, if I had a choice, I would join the army because I love military stuff. But instead, I married a daughter of a military man, which is totally different. <laughs> Gave me a totally different experience. <laughs> I love, well, not love, lah, okay, but I'm very interested in warfare. And I, I would study like World War I, World War II, tactics and all of those things. Can I tell you that can you imagine being a soldier or being someone in Jehoshaphat's army and the instruction is, stand firm, we are going to worship. Stand firm, I want you guys to praise with a loud voice. Musicians, stand firm, play your instruments. But they're like, Jehoshaphat, they're coming. We're going to be invaded. No, no, stand firm, worship. Sing with a loud voice, praise the Lord, acknowledge who He is, because He's going to deliver us. The battle is not yours, friends. It belongs to God. God will deliver you from your battle today. He is the one that delivers you. In this story, Jehoshaphat, and all they did in that situation was to inquire of the Lord first and foremost, and then they praised and worshipped Him with all their hearts playing their instruments, praising Him with loud voices right in the midst of their impending doom. Now we see that there's a correlation between our physical obedience and God's spiritual release over our situations in our lives. Let me just say this again. There is a correlation between our physical obedience to what the Lord has asked us to do and God's spiritual release over our situations in our lives. Just real quickly, I want to just note this in Isaiah 30, verse 31 and 32. The voice of the Lord will shatter Assyria with His rod. He will strike them down. Every stroke the Lord lays on them with His punishing club will be to the music of timbrels and harps as he fights them in battle with the blows of his arm. He will strike them down with every stroke that he lays the enemy will be to the music of timbrels and harps. There is a connection between physical obedience and spiritual release. In Isaiah 30 over here, we see that as the Lord strikes the enemies down, it will be to the playing of the timbrels and the harps. Here's another example. Remember this? Moses lifting his hands. During the battle of Rephidim, Aaron and Hur had to go and hold his hands up because when Moses grew weary and he let his hands down, the Israelites would lose. But as long as it was lifted, they would win. Why am I sharing this with you, brothers and sisters? Exuberance involves your posture. What was the definition of exuberance just now? Let me just scroll back real quick. Can somebody remember the quality of being full of energy, excitement, and cheerfulness? Now, I know and I understand that 
some of us here, as we hear this, we're thinking to ourselves, are you asking us to be fake? Are you asking us to cheer for fun? Man, I've gone through that so much. Now, I'm a very expressive guy, as you can see. Growing up as a teenager, I was really rough around the ages, even, even as, you know, after I became a Christian. Very rough around the ages. But there's one thing for sure, that when I worshipped God, there was a release. I could not help it. I had to dance. I had to shout. You know, when, whenever we sang a song about faith and over, like overcoming adversity, Whenever we sang a song about God winning over my family because my parents are still not Christians yet. Well, my dad just accepted Christ a couple of, maybe last year. But my mom, not yet. Whenever I, we, I sing about that, I cannot help but shout it out. Proclaim it. Do you know people in church in those early years, they were like, hey, they told my youth pastor, Can you tell Terry just to tone it down. Nah? And my youth pastor was like, why? He's distracting Distracting who? Me. Then maybe you should focus on the Lord yourself. Man, I really praise God that I had a youth pastor like that. Do you know there was one time I was asked to play the guitar for main service and I remember there was one song about singing and dancing. You guys know this song? I will dance, I will sing to be there for my king. You know that one? No, okay, never mind. Then to me, in my mind, I'm like, I'm dancing and singing, right? How come no one's dancing and singing? I just couldn't help it. I just started dancing on stage, playing my guitar. And after that, people were like, a hey, second service can ask him to tone it down. Whenever I did that release, whenever I had acted out in obedience, I said, God, you know what? It's been a really tough week, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to dance, I'm going to sing because you are good. I'm going to dance, I'm going to sing, not because, you know, I know you're going to deliver me, but you are going to deliver me. The battle is yours, God. You've already promised me, God, so how can I not respond? How can I not respond to the truths that are being sung right now? There is a connection between our physical obedience and spiritual release, and I'll talk a little bit about that later. But, you know, at the end today, I would love for us to respond in worship. Now, one of the things that I love about worship is that it requires both our theology and our doxology. And what that basically means is that it involves speaking truths about God, our theology of Him. Who is He? But it cannot stop there. It cannot just affect our minds. It has to involve our doxology as well, our praise, our response to those truths. Amen? See, if we want to see and encounter the power and authority of God in our worship, it has to start with, first and foremost, a reliance on who God is in our lives. Is He the numero uno? Is He the one that you know, defines who you are, that you are merely stewards of whatever He's given you, the gifts and talents, the job that He's given you. Secondly, who we are in God. What's your identity in Him? You see, we are not equal to God, nor are, nor are we actually worthy of being in His presence, but that's why we need Him. 
That's why we need to treat His presence with reverence as I, as I mentioned just now. Thirdly, be obedient and act out in our obedience to His will. Fourthly, let that obedience first and foremost be expressed and manifested in the way that we worship in song and ultimately in our lives. You see, exuberance in our worship matters in building faith in our lives and trusting in Him in all seasons that we go through. That is what I want to share with us today. If you forget everything that I say, you just remember this. Why is, is, why is exuberant worship important? Because it helps build our faith. It helps us go through every season. I remember when we were doing this thing called worship recordings. Remember that? And I had to do it in my house, in my room. Make sure all the kids were asleep. There was no roti men or no dogs barking. And I had to record that song. It was tough. Can I just say, every fiber in my being was like, God, what's so good about this situation that I'm in? And I was like, God, I can't sing this song. I can't sing this song and mean it from my heart. And I remember just sitting down and the Spirit of, God, Spirit, of, Spirit of the Lord had just laid this on my heart to say, amidst all of this, am I still good to you? Do you still trust me? Now, it wasn't easy and I'm pretty sure you will identify as well. Some of you, you may be here and you're going through something that's equally or worse. And you find that there's no way out, there's a dead end, you're surrounded. But can I encourage you? Sing in exuberance. Lift up your hands in faith. Because you know what, in that moment, with all these things going on in my head, I was like, okay, I'm going to sing this song, God. Do you know I had to take like four takes of the song? because I felt like it wasn't genuine. But by the fourth time as I recorded this song, and as I sang, you are good, good, the faith began to rise within me to say, amidst of whatever you are going through, Terry, proclaim that I am good because I will carry you through this. I will break down those walls. You see that mountain ahead of you? Do you trust that I can help you overcome that? So if you truly trust that I can help you overcome that, sing. Lift up your voice. Play your guitar. And then the bridge goes, You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. Man, faith arose in my heart because I had decided to change my posture. God, amidst of whatever I'm going through, I will worship you exuberantly. I will lift up, God, my hands and I'll lift up my voice, even though, Lord, it's the toughest to do so. There was one more moment um, during that time. So my, at that time, my wife, was running her own like training business, right? And it wasn't going well. Uh, a lot, as a lot of small businesses were suffering as well during that, during that time. 
And I remember that we had, she had given birth to our, our boy, Owen. Uh, and she wasn't receiving salary for eight months. So we were living off um, whatever savings we had. And we were living off the pastor salary. And, you know, we kept encouraging each other. I kept telling her, don't worry about it. Don't worry, the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. But can I, can I just be very real and transparent with you? There was one month where we had to make payments and I opened the bank account and it was 23 ringgit 50 cents. And I was like, a little bit more, minimum, you know, I think BAM, you have to have a minimum of what, 10 ringgit, is it? Or 50 or something like that. And I shared that with her after the kids were asleep and both of us were just there crying. We had no idea what to do. Situation was dire. I mean, you know, we had to make payments on Monday. That was a Saturday night. And I was like, what do we do? And I just remember at that moment, very, very clearly, spoke to the both of us and he said, worship me. Do you trust me? Walawe, God! Real lah, be real lah. I was like hoping that God would like lay down a revelation upon me to say, go and seek this person or like, uh, you know, check your bank account now or like something. You know, you, you hear stories like that, right? Right? And all I heard was, switch on your Spotify playlist and worship me. So I was like, uh, Rose, uh, do you sense the Lord asking us to worship him? And she's like, yes, crying and all. Let's do it lah. We just got on our knees and we worshipped him. We sang our hearts out. And then we went to sleep. Nothing. There wasn't anything else that the Lord had revealed to us. So we thought, oh, we go to church tomorrow morning by 7am. It was like one sleep. When I got into church the next morning, um, there was a couple waiting for me at the door, at the office door. And they're like, Pastor Terry, I need to talk to you. We need to talk to you. I was like, yeah, sure. Got in and they handed me an envelope and they said, the Lord had very clearly spoken to me and my wife to give you this. And I was like, what, what is this? And they're like, it's money. We're not sure what the protocol is, but very clearly my wife, the Lord spoke to my wife and I last night as we were praying. And I asked him, I asked him this question, what time was it? And he looked a bit, huh? What do you mean? I was like, what time was it? It was around midnight. Inside the envelope, I kid you not, and as you might already guess, it's to the dot. The exact amount that we needed to make our payments. How can I not trust in the Lord after that? Did it require, an, uh, did it require much? No. The Lord just said, worship me. Do you trust me? You know, after that, we still continued to struggle in a sense. I mean, her business had to finally, she had to close it and there were a lot of other things. But you know what taught us that day? That all is required is our worship unto Him. Do we trust Him or not? Who is He in our lives? Because you know what? Pastor Stephen can stand up here on stage and the worship team can be up here on stage week in, week out and say, Jump! Sing! Dance! Clap your hands! Come on, lift up a shout of praise! They can keep doing that. But you know what? If you're not doing it because of who God is in your life 
And if that doesn't compel you to worship Him with the kind of worship that He deserves, it's just going to be fluff. It's just going to be noise. But why exuberant worship is important? Because it helps build our faith. And that's what we need. Because friends, if there's something in common that we all have here, is that we will go through struggles. There will be mountain high moments and there will definitely be valley lows. Can I encourage you in all seasons? Worship Him. In all situations, acknowledge who He is in your life. In every difficulty, in every tragedy that you go through, proclaim that He is good. Because you know what? He will never let you down. I'd like to end with this. As we go back to the root of worship, what worship is. Now, worship in Hebrew is shaka, and in Greek, it's proskunio. Now, I did not choose these words to impress any one of you, but why I picked these words it's because these two words in Hebrew and in Greek, they both mean the same thing, and that's to physically bow down. So friends, this morning is in a moment as I invite you to stand to your feet and respond in worship. Can I encourage you? Would you surrender? Would you surrender your life to the Lord? Would you surrender your situations to the Lord? regardless of whatever you're going through, regardless of how painful it is for you to go through the situation that you're in, would you shaka? Would you surrender to the Lord today? And as you know, there is a correlation, a connection between our physical obedience and spiritual release. Today, right now in this moment as we come to a close and as we worship Him, would you make that decision? Be it to lift up your hands, be it to sing. If you've never sung out before, would you make that decision today? We say, God, regardless of what I'm going through, regardless of what my family is going through, regardless of what my situation is, Lord, I will lift my hands and I will praise You. Lord, I will lift my hands and I will worship you. Holy Spirit, come. So come, Leonard, can I invite you to stand to your feet? And would you just respond to the Lord today in your worship? I just sense that there's some of us here right now that you're dealing with a loss. I'm not sure loss of what, but you're dealing with a, a loss and it's been giving you great grief. It's been affecting your sleep. It's been affecting the way that you function at work, in your family. But it's been giving you great, great grief. Holy Spirit, minister, Lord, to that person right now. Holy Spirit, fill their hearts, Lord. Fill their hearts, Lord. Fill their hearts, Lord. 
in a moment, I'm going to get the worship team just to sing that chorus again and again. And can I encourage you, if that's you, if you are the one going through that loss that's bringing you great grief and you haven't been able to experience peace in your heart, would you lift it up to the Lord? Come and behold the King of Kings. Come and behold your Abba Father that loves you, that will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is there with you. And I pray that the peace that will surpass all our human understanding will fill your heart as you release that worship and praise unto Him today. So if that's you, if that's you, if that's you, can I encourage you? Lift up your hands, lift up your hearts. Sur surrender that situation to the Lord. Surrender that loss and that grief to the Lord and trust that He will save you and He will heal you. Lord, would you begin to build faith in our hearts. Lord, even as we release, Lord, our worship unto you. Lord, as we choose to respond. Lord, we choose to respond, God, in exuberant worship, God, giving you our best in our singing. Lord, if it's required, God, that we would dance in the midst of chaos. Lord, if it requires God, would we go down on our knees to trust in you as we release our praises, as we release our worship, Lord, unto you. God, I pray that your spirit will build faith in our hearts. Lord, that we may face, Lord, the mountains. Lord, we may face the raging seas. Because, God, you have given us that faith to face it. Lord, those storms surround us. Remind us, God, to look to the one who speaks to the winds and the waves. Remind us, God, not to look to, at the waves, not to look at our demise. Lord, remind us, God, to put our trust in the one that commands the winds and the waves. So, Lord, how can we not trust you? How can we not give you our praises? Build faith, God, in our hearts. As we give you praise today. And in Jesus' name, we pray. And all God's people say, Amen.